everyone. Welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. And Michelle is back from vacation. How was it, Michelle? Uh, it was good. I have Yay. a little bit of a survival story. Oh, <gasps> really? <laughs> uh, so this is perhaps one of the more embarrassing stories in it might end up on youtube somewhere just who fucking knows like okay <laughs> so here's what happened so i'm in the ocean we go to north carolina go to the beach and it's gorgeous i mean it was packed it was you know fourth of july weekend mm -hmm. um, but i of course had never been swimming in the atlantic ocean we go way out it's great we're having the time of our lives and so our host aunt stacy she comes out to the water and is just like sort of immediately getting knocked all around and so she's like ah, and then like falling and, ah, and falling you know all this stuff so she's struggling so I'm like I'll help you Aunt Stacy and so I get up to try to get out of the water uh -huh. <laughs> the nightmare begins so the waves are hitting me so hard that I, of course, am getting knocked over like every three <laughs> seconds. And at one point, like I'm just getting spin cycled, like oh, gosh. By waves. <laughs> like my legs were like over my, like I did a backwards somersault at one point. Oh my gosh. So I finally like get myself up to the ocean and I look down and my goddamn boob is just hanging out <gasps> for everyone. <laughs> and this goes on for like 15 minutes. Like, oh my gosh. Finally being able to like sit up, my boob is out, wedge it back in, try to get back out. Poor Stacy. I like, I don't even know what happened to her. I couldn't help her. <laughs> finally i said fuck it and just went back into the ocean right <laughs> proceeded to tell joel about my nightmare trying to help stacy that did not work out i'm gonna see that on tiktok here <sighs> no shit man <laughs> like it was so <laughs> if someone did not get that on video apparently a few people like pointed at me like as they were walking by like ma'am you got a little <laughs> wardrobe Situation. malfunction going on so yeah, that's it. <laughs> wow. Did, how did you get back out? Like when you were done in the ocean? The first, the next time I just like went for it okay. and just sort of timed, I stood up much sooner and mm -hmm. like just timed my way out and just was able to walk out without like hardly any trouble. But for okay. some reason, trying to walk sideways towards someone was my undoing. <laughs> that's so funny poor michelle i'm sorry uh, but my funny. heart was in the right place i was <laughs> right. trying to rescue her but i could not and it was the worst uh so i'll <laughs> never wear that bathing suit again i think that's clear <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i'm sorry so, that... yeah oh my goodness we had beer and oysters afterwards so all was well okay I my tossled heart <laughs> and tussled body that <laughs> so i'm drinking a little harder here this afternoon hey you know what that's fair <laughs> that is very fair i would be too oh, uh, what <laughs> what are we drinking michelle 
We are drinking spiked Arnold Palmers. Arnie Palmies, as I like to say. It is hot. It is sunny. You need something. You can sit on the back porch and drink. There is actually a crazy storm going on right now outside. Mm. Like I went out right before we started. It had been sunny all day, Mm -hmm. but you could kind of see the clouds coming in. It was getting a little bit you know oh interesting yeah now it is downpour our fern went flying i mean (laughs) and it's like crazy windy lots of thunder it's kind of cool we finally hit 90 degrees in la so oh my god we've like hit that it feels like a bazillion okay well (laughs) it's that's too hot okay i'm happy with the 77 you know it's true it's true okay back to these damn drinks yes i made mine from scratch so I brewed myself up a pot of tea mm-hmm. and I actually used uh, it's Chinese restaurant tea. So it's like jasmine and oolong oh. and black tea, like all mixed up. So it's a little bit floral. So I brewed that up and into that, I put some sugar. So for the whole pot of tea, I ended up putting probably about a quarter cup to a half a cup of sugar because I did not use lemonade. I just used lemon. Okay. So I had to sweeten up the whole thing. So right. and then I just put like, I don't know, about a half a cup of just bottled lemon juice into there. And then probably another half a cup of vodka, poured it over ice and ba-boom. Delicious. Okay. Super refreshing and yummy. The one I made, you got options, people. You got options. <laughs> yeah. If you're lazy like me, this is the, the way to do it. <laughs> this is the shit that you do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You do six ounces of lemonade, four ounces of iced tea, three ounces of vodka, and then you put a little cute lemon on for a garnish, you know? Mm. Serve that bitch up into a mason jar. Yum, yum. Yeah. And there you go. You got something super easy. You got Arnie Palmies. So enjoy and be careful. They are strong yet delicious. So this uh, story is in China. So it's all Chinese mm. names. So uh, again, I will pronounce it. I, I looked up how to pronounce it all. So, I, so fingers crossed. You're feeling yeah. confident. And I'm going to pull Michelle and apologize in advance. <laughs> all right. So this story is about Li Wang Yi and Wang Chushuen. So Lee and Wong, they are married and they have a 14-year-old daughter named Sing Yi. And Lee is 38 years old and Wong is 40. All right. So Wong has been traveling across China doing odd jobs, trying his hands at small businesses for about half the year. Okay. But he has lost a lot of money in this process and... Him and Lee really barely speak during oh, this time. So this is maybe not as successful as he had been hoping. Yes. And now their marriage is not in a good place. They're just, oh, no. I know it's not too good, but well, money stresses just sucks. Right. It'll but they, any marriage on the rocks. Mm hmm. But they live in a dormitory which houses dozens of factory workers because Lee works at a chemical factory. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like one of those, kind of like, well, Chernobyl, like, you know how they have those giant, had those for all the like family. Apartments, all mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. Yeah. 
It is May 12th, 2008. Okay. And it's around 2.30 p.m. So Lee and Wong sat down and they're on the fourth floor apartment. So I'm on the fourth floor. And they went to sit down to watch a soap opera on DVD. Okay. So they were just hanging out, chilling, watching, you know, their shows. And then the building started to shake violently. Oh, goodness. I don't like where this is going at all. Lee has never felt this sensation before, but Wong has, and he knew exactly what this was. So he grabbed Lee, and they were sprinting. He was taking her to the bathroom. But right when they got to the bathroom, the whole building collapses. Oh, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, so. This is very scary. They fall to the ground, and the wooden bathroom door slams against Wong's back. Oh. Clouds of dust fill the air and their lungs. They lay entwined on their sides. On their sides. Uh, Lee's left arm was wedged beneath Wong's, and they were like a few inches away face to face. Okay. So they so kind of go- went down together, <laughs> like hugging, mm-hmm. essentially. Yes. The pain was agonizing for Lee because of her arm underneath her husband, but he couldn't move. But Ugh. luckily, it went numb pretty quick. So she couldn't oh, even feel gosh. her arm. Ugh. That's its own weird pain in and of itself. Right? Oh, God. Okay. And it's also scary knowing you're in a position where you should feel pain or something's not right and you are, like, numb to it. It's like, oh, no. Yeah, that's no. that doesn't that's not good no this is like making me want to breathe deep and i'm having like a hard time right like i could uh, i can just imagine being stuck there oh god okay continue sorry so with her free arm uh wong tells her to reach into his pocket because his cell phone is in there okay so she gets his phone but of course there's no service because they were buried underneath this building fucking story of our lives like with this podcast oh i have a phone but it's dead or there's no service yeah well they only had one bar left of battery life on Uh. it as well (laughs) but the thing is also lee could hear her phone going off consistently thinking family or friends are just trying to get to her so Um. it's so awful her phone is working, of course, but is She's just there. somewhere. Yeah. Oh, man. Ugh. So they tried yelling, save us, save us, when they heard noises above them. But it was on deaf ears. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Luckily, their daughter was at school this day. So she was out of the apartment. And she's 14, right? Yes. Okay. So Lee tries to focus on two things how to get out, and how to survive this. Mm. Through a crack in the rubble, they could see that the light was fading and they know that nighttime was falling. Oh, God. The rubble was consistently pressing down and slowly crushing them. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) But now both of them couldn't feel anything. They didn't feel pain. They didn't feel hunger. They didn't feel thirst. They were just numb to every sensation. Oh, how strange. Right? Thank goodness, but how strange. 
They also had to take turns breathing. When Lee would take a deep breath, her chest would expand. So Wong would hold his breath. So she had enough room to get a full breath. Uh, And they were probably just like exhaling right into each other's face, you know, so probably just even getting fresh oxygen might have been tough. Oh my God. The cell phone lasted all day, but it's now 11 p.m. and that's when it dies. So that's Um, the last time they check the time. But now the rain comes. Oh no. And And the buildings collapse and they're exposed to the elements. Yep. Oh my God. Oh goodness. That was similar to torture. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, the... mm -hmm. So that night, Wong gave up hope. He thought, this is it. He's suffering. So he tries to kill himself by bending his neck against the wall, like the rubble. He was just trying to break his neck. Oh, Oh my God. Isn't that terrible? Like, like, okay, so Lee sees that he is given up. He is done. So Mm -hmm. she tries to get him out and bring him back a little bit yeah she tries to give him some hope she told him that if god had met them to die he would have killed them right away she told him that he was born in the year of the monkey and monkeys can live for 500 years so she tells him to remember their daughter and how they still need to raise her together so Mm. she's just spouting out things like we got ever you best not leave me that's what i would have been saying oh poor thing so he kind of he comes around oh, after okay. she she talks him down. He's on the same page now. She was probably and... much more comforting than I would probably be. <laughs> You're just threatening. Yeah. Don't you dare. <laughs> so they were too scared to fall asleep, which is fair. Absolutely. Yeah. But so they make it all the way through the night and daylight has come through and hours pass by and then they hear footsteps above them. Oh, so their voices are so dry and hurts, but they're, they manage to yell uh, enough and they hear a voice call back, who are you? Oh, yeah. And Lee actually recognizes this voice and it's her boss from the oh, factory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they said, we are getting you help right now. Oh. So the rescue had begun, but... They're still hours away from freedom. Mm, I'm sure they have to be unburied in a safe way mm-hmm. so they just don't get more buried. Exactly. So uh. they were, there were no tools. They were just hands. So then as they got closer to them, they started hearing the rubble being lifted. And then Wong felt a pair of hands grab him. Uh. Then a voice saying, we need somebody strong. The husband's really heavy. <laughs> my self-esteem i know right like i'm already buried do not talk about my weight right now yeah come on oh you're light as a feather you're fine right we got you it's okay this was easy and no but because he's so strong that's right that's right absolutely so (laughs) they lift wong out and now lee felt a sudden expansion of space and she could breathe easily oh god i bet her whole chest just like ached from Mm -hmm. oh god 
So her lower body was still pinned by heavy bricks. So she's like, do you have any tools to help lift this? And they're like, no, we don't. So she's like, well, I can't feel anything anyways. So they just rip her right out of the rubble. Oh my God. Mm. I was half concerned you were going to say that they were just like, we got to cut the legs off. We're just going to oh. Thank God they didn't. No, no. So they sent them straight to the hospital and they spent 28 hours buried alive. Oh gosh. So they had to spend three weeks in the hospitals, but they were side by side in their beds. Oh. And their daughter did not leave their side. She's like, nah, I am here. <laughs> Unfortunately, they did have to amputate Lee's arm. Oh, the just, one underneath, of course, yeah. the whole time. Yep. Oh, her left gosh. arm had to be amputated. She also had issues with her right foot and Wong had issues with his hands. I mean, they had, of course, issues being crushed for yeah, that lasting, long. Yeah, lasting damage. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, they can't work, of course. Oh. After the hospital visit, they lived in a wooden hut with dirt floor, but they were so happy to be alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They still got a TV and a DVD player so they could still watch their little soaps. And uh, There you go. What more do you need? But now their marriage has improved tenfold and their marriage is sturdier than all the thousands of buildings that crumbled that day. Oh my God. (laughs) They made promises to each other that if they got out alive, they would rededicate themselves to each other and together raise their daughter. Oh, you should have saved this story for Valentine's Day. I know, right? <laughs> so romantic. I mean, not the uh, buried alive part, the reconnecting. Right. Part. So Lee says he won't travel for now because he has to stay home and take care of me. And Wong Grin saying, yeah, I have to be here to take care of her. Oh. So they spend their days doing simple exercises to get back into shape. At night, they eat dinner with uh, Wong's younger brother at his home. They have a wooden shelter where villagers gather around and play mahjong, which I love. So each day um, across the village, survivors mix cement and stack bricks atop bricks to build new homes. So they're rebuilding this whole thing pretty much. Oh, that's good. Uh, They are, of course, no condition to work, which is fair. (laughs) Yeah. But they're doing their best, and they are improving each and every day. Oh, that's good and news. Yes. So overall, they may have suffered, but this has brought them together, and they are a stronger couple now. And this earthquake, 88,000 people were dead or missing, and 5 oh. million were homeless because of this earthquake. Wow. 5 million? hmm Oh, my goodness yeah so i'm glad they have somewhere to live at all no exactly and it and at least they're not the only one so this whole big community of survivors are coming together and hopefully the other community also is like coming together and helping as well to help the injured and such to recover but they survived together and they're raising their daughter together so amazing Uh. strength (laughs) And it's so good that they did it together because it sounds like if they were apart, like individually, they may have not made it. That just seems like kind of a theme also with Mm. this podcast. It's like, if you've got someone else that you can be responsible for, it almost just sort of pushes you to 
not give up, I guess. Right, right. No, I I totally agree. You know, and it probably just helps it keeps your focus off of you in this like terrible mm. situation that you're in. And now you can just focus on taking care of somebody else and making sure they make it out alive. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I think it's easier for you like to give up on yourself because it's like, well, that's it. But when it's someone else, it's like, I love you. Don't know. We got this. (laughs) You're going to live for sure. You're not going to break your neck. Yeah, exactly. Lee and Wong way to stick it together. And, you know, they fell back in love pretty much. I'm still it only took a, a building breathing like fully yeah you know what it kind of reminded me of I don't know if you remembered the crucible the yeah mm-hmm. you have to read it and like they had the guy that they were trying to get to confess or some such thing and they put the stone slowly on him until he slowly suffocated and then yeah. his, you know, chest collapsed what Ugh. a way to go my god yeah People think of the craziest torture ever. It's very disturbing. No, yeah. I went to the Museum of Torture here in LA and holy, like, there's like rooms and rooms of all these different things they used to do. And I'm like, this is intense. Like, they were really good at torturing people. I was so shocked. Like, I just never want to be in that much pain. Right. Like, I have a small toothache and I'm down for the count. I better just be in bed. And Mouth pain is something else, though, I will have to say. <laughs> it but really is. Nothing helps. It sucks. No. There was one torture thing that I'm like, I could do this. And it was two wooden benches. And if two women argued with each other, they would sit each of you on the bench with your, like, your hands tied and just have you sit there and talk it out. <laughs> I'm like, I think I could do that at least. I could do that one. Depends on who you're with. I'd be That's like, I'm true. not talking. I'm not talking. <laughs> you My die for dehydration. Just yeah. because you're like, I'm not talking to this bitch. I'm thirsty. I'll make amends, I guess. Right? No, my parents used to throw me and my sister in the bathroom if we fought. Mm. Go work that out yourselves. <laughs> Oh, interesting. Most okay. of the time we just sit there and do nothing until we were like, all right, let's go. Right. Sometimes we got in there and like had fist fights, but whatever. Ah, oh, good times. That happens. Ah, family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, well, good job, uh, Lee and Wong. Indeed. Good job. Uh, all right, Michelle, let's start with your story. Just real quick. We took a quickie bathroom break and uh-huh. I went outside and it's like sunny out. Is it really? like it never even stormed it's crazy it's all blue skies and gorgeous out except for the wet ground you would never know it that's so, so funny anyway I thought I'd share that oh and did I tell you I saw fireflies for the first time really like I was vaguely thinking that there was aliens or something that's <laughs> hilarious I never knew that they like turn on and off oh yeah they just blink I thought they just like flew around and were always lit up I just had never seen them before. So that's cute. I was like, oh my God, what's happening? And then I was like, oh, that's fireflies. That's embarrassing. (laughs) Right? It's so funny seeing something in the wild for the first time, knowing, because I just saw a a pelican in the wild here in (laughs) California. And I'm like, I've never seen a pelican in, like, except for at the zoo. Yeah. Yeah. So weird. I was at the beach, whatever. Yeah. But still. Indeed. I don't know if I've seen, I feel like I must have seen a pelican, but who knows? All right. Well, speaking of the outdoors, 
Mm-hmm. That's where we're headed to the wilderness of Alaska for my story. Ooh, Alaska. That's right. Okay. So let's remember that Michelle has had a lot of Arnie Palmies at a this lot. point. A lot. And mm-hmm. there are seven guys. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yes. You're welcome. Okay. And two of them are named Sam. So oh we'll just jump right in. I feel like we'll get it straight. It's not going to okay. be easy at all. No, I'm feeling really confident about this whole thing. All right. So our seven guys, they are all around like 16 or 17 years old. And I'll introduce them all. Um, okay. So they're young ones. Yeah. And what they're doing, they are they're students of a prestigious national outdoor leadership school. Mm. So it's like a month-long summer school type situation. So you send your older guys off. So they go backpacking for like 24 days. And then the final exam, if you will, is they get dropped off in the middle of nowhere and they got to find their way back for like three days. So okay, just set the scene. So now we'll introduce our, our guys here. So we have Joshua Berg, who is from New York City. He is the group sort of... Uh, elected leader he has the most experience in being in the outdoors we have noah alaire hopefully i said that right he's 16 he's from albuquerque new mexico and he's a lifeguard and a gifted student who skipped two grades so he's getting ready to start college wow he's already pretty impressive and then we have sam godinson actually do we have three sams we do have i've already fucked it up three sams we call him Gotzi, though, so it's okay. Okay, okay. No wonder I got kind of confused partway. <laughs> <laughs> I read this story like six times now. Okay. So we have Sam Gotten, Gotson Jin. I probably said that wrong. He's 17. The group calls him Gotzi. So that's gotcha. what I'm going to say. And I like to say it's like Gotzi. I doubt it, but that's how I'm going to say it through the I I feel that. Thank you. But... Gatsy is from Denver. He's an avid snowboarder. He's affable and laid back. Now we have Sam, our second Sam number two, Sam Melman. He's 17. He's a volunteer at New York's hospital intensive care unit. All these are very impressive young men. That Seriously. seems clear. <laughs> so, Victor Martin, he's 18 and a muscular basketball player from the tough part of Richmond, California. Hmm. All right. And Shane Garlock, 16. He's from Pittsburgh, New York. He's a photographer and a cross country runner. And then finally, Sam number three, Sam Boas, who is 16. And he's from Westport, Connecticut. He's an ardent cook and a certified emergency medical responder. Jeez. Okay. Well done, guys. Mm hmm. Okay. So these guys are all hanging out. They've, as I said, they're about 40 miles away from the nearest town and there is no sign of human life anywhere. They've been dropped into the wilderness. And as I said, you got to find your way back. Were they like so, blindfolded and like all that? I don't stuff? think this is a naked and alone situation, <laughs> okay. but I think they don't have a lot of provisions and they got to, I think I'm taking a uh, speculating here, but I'm assuming they have to probably forage for food. And right. Okay survive yeah got it yeah they gotta make it but fishing is not allowed so i don't know what that situation is but they were kind of fishing anyway (laughs) 
<laughs> so yeah they're in this uh splashing around in water and they're able to like get these little fish up with mosquito nets and uh they're away from their instructors and they're just having like a little bit of fun okay so the point is is they're kind of backpacking near this water and heading back i guess the last advice that their instructor gave them was don't die (laughs) okay (laughs) that's like joel when we're playing video games and i've died or something he's like get good (laughs) that's your advice thanks man so after about an hour their fishing expedition has been a success and so now the boys continue along their hike upstream and they've got uh, a pair of some tiny rainbow trout that they're bringing along with them they're walking single file through the cold water using the creek as their trail at this point like the shrubbery on the side of this creek is you can't walk through it it's Mm. just probably briars and a bunch of stuff and so they're really having to stay in the water gotcha it made uh for easier walking than the land but it was full of bends and so they couldn't necessarily always see what was coming up in front of them okay yeah so joshua kind of goes around one such curve where they couldn't see around it And he looks ahead and he sees something that looks like a bale of hay. And he's Uh like, what the fuck is that? It's about 30 feet in front of him. And he pretty much has, he realizes what it is. And he turns around to his friends and he yells, bear. (gasps) So he's like, ah, bear. And before he could even hardly get the word bear out, the grizzly is on him. Oh my gosh. The grizzly has run and has closed that gap between <gasps> them. And this bear is, towers over seven feet tall and weighs about Whoa. 500 pounds. Jesus. And it just lunges at Josh and it completely flattens him. And so, and then the bear gives out this like crazy roar and it goes straight for Joshua's head. And just is like chomping down on his skull. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like it is, it's out to kill. That is clear. All the other guys are start screaming. They're like, oh, what the fuck is going on? The bear, you know, what they've been taught, their grizzly protocol, if you will, Uh uh, is to like stand your ground and to, you know, try to get big and Mm. just but all that training kind of went out the window this grizzly is huge and you yeah. know it's bashing their friend's head in and trying well, to you know he didn't care there was like him. six other people there yeah so they are all like freaking out and they even have like bear repellent but they can't it's all happened so fast that they can't even like get it out mm, okay so there's a ridge on the right side of the stream and most of the guys run up that through the brush. They're like, fuck it. We don't care if we get scratched up. And poor Joshua's awful screaming prompts Gotzi to stop and look back at his friend. Mm-hmm. He's like, what can we do to help Joshua? Right. So at this point, the bear still has Joshua's bloody head in his teeth and is shaking him like crazy. And oh he's now has him also by the torso 
And so his claws are like digging Dig into again. his chest like no. like crazy. So Victor pauses near Gatsi and he's like, oh my God, is Josh being eaten? And it was just like, well, kind of seems like it, you know. Right. Probably not what his friend said, but it was just like completely gruesome and crazy. Yeah. Noah is on the left-hand side of the shore about 30 feet away. And then we have Shane, Sam number two, and Sam number three are higher up on the hill and some they're kind of screaming in panic they're flattening themselves kind of into the scrub i think to hide right so the bear doesn't come crazy yeah and so now gatsy is like facing a dilemma does he run towards his friend who is being attacked and pretty much sacrifice himself or does he run in the opposite direction and get the hell out of there but in that sort of moment of hesitation of not hiding and kind of not being able to go to his friend the bear comes at him really the bear abandons joshua turns towards gotsy and in a brown blur that was so fast the bear just slams in to gotsy whoa so gotsy hits the ground and rolls and he's able to like kind of come up onto his knees and he's screaming like yeah, I'm for sure, sure. For his life and so the bear snarls and he grabs his head in his teeth and he <gasps> hears a super loud crunch oh my god I know. this is like the worst ever Ugh. so somehow Gotsy pulls himself free he doesn't know how okay. and he's able to like run a few steps but the bear like slams up against him again and flattens him. And he is now trying to bite his hand and he's trying to bite at his neck and chest and arm and back. And he's just slamming him into the rib cage with his claws. So he's just getting hammered. I mean, just tousled about. Yeah. For the moment, Gotsy is now being left alone by the bear. And they look around and the bear has disappeared. So Joshua has stopped screaming and now he's moaning. And so he's just in pain, kind of in a bloody mass. And... So, okay, wait, hold on. So okay. the bear attacks two of the boys. The second boy gets attacked, runs a little bit, gets slammed again. And the bear's just like, eh, and gone. Yeah, but they're not sure where the bear has gone to. So they don't know if he was spooked or if he was just bored or whatever. Yeah, they're not clear. Or is he running away so we can get a running leap at him? I mean, who knows? Gotcha, gotcha. not sure where the bear has gone. And then we have Joshua and Gatsy both kind of in their own heaps, Mm -hmm. a big bloody mess. So Noah is still hiding on the shore and he peers up to the hillside towards Shane and Sam number three who are both hunkered down and sort of refusing to look down at their friends you know I think they're just sort of assuming the worst yeah of course and Sam number two sort of stands up and is uh, like looking around and you can tell he's like spooked and wondering where the fuck the bear went and Noah sort of mouths over to Shane like 
where's the bear? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck happened to it? And so Shane gives an exaggeration. A, Shane shrug. gives an exaggerated shrug. And so Noah sort of takes his backpack off and starts running towards Joshua to help him. Okay. Like, got to figure out a way to help Josh. And as he's running down, the bear bursts out. Oh, of course. Some shrubbery or some shit. And so it completely blindsides Noah. Oh. Now poor boy number three is getting tossed by this fucking bear. The first swipe almost takes off his scalp. Completely. And then it bites into Noah's torso with the bottom teeth in the back and the top teeth like under his armpit. Oh my God. Yeah. And it lifts him three feet off the ground and shakes him and he's roaring and growling and then he just drops him. And then he rises up again on his hind legs. And of course, he's crazy tall. And then it's as if he's ready to like come back down on his front paws, like really hard and just finish off Noah. But he hesitates because he sees Sam number two and Sam number three and Shane up the hill. And so it just sort of hops over Noah and takes off. So I think he got spooked by seeing the other guys up the hill. Gotcha. Because they were tall. They're big, you know? Okay. Yeah. So on its way out of being spooked it runs into victor so victor ends up getting his calf seized by its teeth and so it just chomps right into his leg and victor is fortunately able to kick his way clear and he's able to get out of the way and then the bear takes off up over the hills oh my gosh okay so they're like it's gone it's gone Sam comes and tries to help. And so what they have in their backpacks is an emergency beacon. Okay. So they start yelling beacon, beacon, because they have no cell phones. They have no station, but they do have this emergency beacon. So they, they pop that on and it of course puts out a signal that says exactly where there are and that there's an emergency. So it's coordinated with the Alaska rescue coordination center And even though Noah has been like practically scalped and is completely drenched in blood, he's able to get to Josh and Josh is like, even though he's also in a crumpled heap, they're able to get the beacon on together. Oh my gosh. Okay. They were able, able to do it. So now it's like first aid rescue time. All the boys are in action trying to tend to the the worst wounds to see what they can do to kind of get them in a stable place that they can now stay the night so there's three boys right that got attacked by the bear there's four boys all four boys okay so there's joshua there's mm-hmm. gatsy there's noah and then victor got that last right okay gotcha out. so of them victor is probably in the best shape gotcha and have three boys who didn't have a confrontation with the bear okay so noah again who's got his own injury starts uh checking out gotsy and unfortunately gotsy's in pretty bad shape he has a serious chest wound and when he breathes he's actually sucking in air through this hole in his <gasps> chest and oh my so gosh. yeah and they know that if this continues he's going to have a collapsed lung and probably die 
Oh. So what they did, which I didn't like even know, they got a a piece of a plastic bag and actually put it and made an airtight seal around this wound on his chest. And so it was able to keep the air out. So when he breathed, it could he could oh. actually be closer to normal. I mean, I'm sure he's still right. Wild. So okay. they were able to kind of get Gatsy stabilized. They had to put more elastic bandage around his whole torso and they got the air pressure stabilized in his chest cavity. So he was going to make it. So now let's move on to Joshua, who was, of course, the first victim. Mm -hmm. Um, They're trying to keep his head and back stable in case he suffered a brain or spinal cord injury because he got Mm -hmm. tossed around by his head. I mean, Joshua's legs are going numb. His skull is fractured and the flesh of his head is so shredded that they couldn't even, he just was unrecognizable. And of course, he was bleeding everywhere. Oh my gosh. And so Joshua, like, okay. He was like, get my camera. And they're like, why? And he's like, I need to make a video. And so of course he makes his fucking goodbye video. Like, I'm not going to make it. I love you. I'm so sorry. And they, um, at the end of his video, they sing a Jewish prayer after it's like traditionally after someone said their last words. I know. Oh this my God. Status. Oh yeah. They've got to be in, in terrible shape. Mm-hmm. So Shane has set up a tent. It's a four man tent and they carry Gatsy and Joshua inside to get them out of the rain. And then all seven of them sort of crowd in and all the uninjured guys end up like donating their clothes to the injured guys so they can stay warm. Mm. And they've, you know, they're using all the gauze that they have with them to like keep these head wounds together. And so it's just a big bloody mess. So suddenly like in the night, Noah is like, I can't feel a pulse on Godsey what's going on and so they're like try his radial pulse and nothing try his brachial brachial anyway brachial pulse i don't know sorry try that other pulse and they're like no we can't feel anything and so they were actually able to try his the pulse are near your groin Uh, okay so they tried that and they were able to just barely register like a weak pulse so oh Godsy's still in it. Okay, oh. barely. I know, God. <laughs> barely indeed. And they're just like, where the hell is the helicopter? They've turned on the beacon hours ago now. They've turned their tent into a field hospital. I mean, where right. the fuck is the helicopter? And so they just hunker down and wait for help. The It starts raining. Hours are passing. The temperature drops to the low 50s. Everyone's shivering uncontrollably. And of course, that little beacon is still going off. So that's good. A little after 2 a.m., which is more than five hours after the bear attack, the tent is blasted by a floodlight. And so help has arrived. Okay, good. I just heard flood. I'm like, a flood now? Yeah, you're like, great. Of course there's a fucking (laughs) flood. No. So there is a helicopter there 30 yards away and the Alaska, uh, Alaska state trooper steps down and approaches the campsite. This trooper is Michael Shelley. 
and he kind of checks out the situation and determines that there's not enough room for everybody on the small aircraft, nor is it equipped for trauma patients such as Oh, no. He's able to get Noah and Victor up and walking, and so they put him and those two into the helicopter, and they take off. Okay. So now they've called in for a more specialized helicopter for Joshua and Gatsy. Sam number two and Sam number three are like, we're not leaving until all of our buddies are out of here. So they like wait as everyone's kind of getting their ride out of this, you know. I see. So he's coming. So he's dropping him off, coming back, picking him up and dropping off while they're waiting for the special unit to come get the really injured. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. Gotcha. You know, and they're pretty much having these tearful goodbyes. I mean, they probably had the most traumatic slash bonding night of their lives, you know. So everyone has actually made it to the hospital. And they're trying to actually look for the bear, uh, but the bear is actually never found. Oh, interesting. So, And the reason that it attacked is still a mystery. They figure it's probably either protecting a kill site or a cub. So, but I don't know. I guess it's pretty much unheard of for a grizzly bear to attack a group larger than four. So it was just kind of surprising that this happened even at all. Which is probably when when it saw the group of three, it was like, I'm out of here. Forget it. Right, right. All right. So in the end, all the boys survived. Yay. So Victor was treated for the bite on his leg and he was released. Gotsi suffered broken ribs and his lungs needed to be reinflated. Wow. Um, but his chest cavity had actually not been punctured in just one place, but had been punctured in three places. So he was just a big mess. He spent eight days in the hospital, but now he's nearly fully recovered and he went snowboarding over the weekend. Uh, I know. This is recent. Actually, I think this is, I know I realized I didn't say that when it was 2011. Oh, okay. So not quite. anyway sorry about that so surgeons worked on for over eight hours on joshua's head wow they had to insert a titanium plate and a bone graft on the boy's skull uh he spent a total of 20 days hospitalized he's now well though his appearance has changed because he's got quite a bit of scarring on his face Noah was able to get his scalp repaired with surgery and it got sort of stapled back into place. The doctors discovered that one of his lungs had actually been punctured as well by a bear tooth. And so it leaked some air, but it was actually able to heal on its own. Oh, wow. Noah was able to speak to his parents from his hospital bed and they'd already talked to troopers and so they knew that there had been a bear attack and that Noah was injured but he's like nope mom and dad I'm gonna be all right and they said it sounds like you're really brave and apparently that's something that the seven of them have heard a shit ton since then oh good in fact very brave which I would concur yeah oh my god gosh I had like a visceral, like a visceral, a visceral reaction when you said like his head crunched. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, I know. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah. And I can just imagine it because, you know, of course, Merlin, my dog, he, we have this like extra big tennis ball. that's like the size of a basketball, but of course he popped it like the first day he had it. So funny. It's like this deflated thing. And he just like rips at it and shakes it all over. And it's quite passionate about the whole thing. So I can just God, imagine a giant bear doing that to you, to your body. feet tall. That's such a big bear. Yeah. Over 500 pounds. My gosh. What do you even do against such a thing? No, absolutely. Oh my gosh. That, so (laughs) brave. Seven (laughs) brave boys. They better have like passed their like (laughs) class or whatever. Yeah, no shit. You made it. (laughs) Yeah, you uh, A+. A plus plus for sure. Well, and like I would have never known to put, you know, plastic on a chest wound to Mm -hmm. sort of mimic a lung and skin. You know, I mean, like they were they were trained up and they were super smart. Like all like all their backgrounds. Like my goodness. Yeah, and it didn't really seem like yeah there was a lot of screaming and stuff, but like no one really lost their heads. Mm. you know no one panicked mm-hmm. and ran away forever or right. you know, they were all there for each other and oh. you know, as soon as that bear was gone it's like let's get down there and help him right now so absolutely oh man my goodness that's a great story uh nature's scary oh it is scary man like i just uh it's hard to go outside sometimes i do i do right yeah but it's like do i want to no i mean like do you even want to go to the ocean again michelle tossing and turning you know kind of not but i probably right god that was the worst it was more the boob coming out that was the real fair yeah oh my god Mm. anyway wow well (laughs) those are some good stories both of them pretty much like trauma bonding for sure yeah oh my god oh my goodness well Wow, very brave people going through a lot of shit. Holy shit. Yeah, well put, Caitlin. Uh <laughs> nailed well, it. That's what I just love about our podcast is that people survive. You know, it's not some <laughs> it's we tragic, but at gonna yeah. be a happy ending in there. <laughs> exactly. Tragedy, but yet a little happy ending, you know? My goodness. Woo. All, All right. right. Well. We hope uh, you enjoy these stories and enjoyed, uh, hopefully you enjoy these drinks as well. Very tasty. Yeah. And we'll Perfect see you guys. summer day. Yeah. Summer day. It's summer. Uh. Get out there or stay inside, <laughs> whatever you want. I don't know. Yeah. I know after these stories, I get it. Yeah. Seriously. Ugh. All right, guys. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.